When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks with you here on 98.7 ESPN. We just heard from uh, Max Goodman talking about the Yankees. A lot of changes uh, to be had. Will they? Be had again, not believing that uh, that Cashman's going anywhere. Uh, Booney going somewhere as the fall guy, possibly. Um, again, I, I just for a team that has been well documented, uh, that relies so heavily on their analytics department. I, I just I, I feel a, a skipper's hands are tied uh, when it comes to that. That's for sure. Uh, by the way, we've got some other Major League Baseball games that are taking place uh, this afternoon. Um, and let me just, uh, I want to call them up so I know exactly what time they are and I can give you. So as we know, the Yankees and the Rays, uh, they're going at it at one forty this afternoon. Radon on the bump. He's one and four with a six two seven ERA. The Rays are 44 and 23 at home. This will be a rubber match. Who wins? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. I don't have a pick. I don't have a play in this bad boy, but I do have two plays this afternoon that I do want to give you. At 135, the Cubs are going up against the Pirates. The Cubs have won six of their last eight. These are two teams that are headed in opposite directions. Um, you've got Bailey Falter, who is pitching for the uh, Pirates today. He's just no bueno against left-handed hitters, and the Cubs have five southpaws in their lineup. So I love the Cubs today on the money line, and you could get that at, um, I want to say, if I... Last time I saw it was like minus 105, something like that. Also, might surprise some folks. Uh, how fun is this AL West division uh, and what's going on there? Uh, this is a Rangers team. They've been on a huge skid, but they finally won. I like the Rangers today. 210 is first pitch. They're going up against the Twins. Like I said, they finally won. Could that have been uh, the elixir to kind of turn this around? Uh, Seattle is gone 10-1 and one their last 11 games. So uh, the Rangers need to wake up. They've got Montgomery pitching for them, who, since he has joined the Rangers, is sporting a 1-7-3 ERA. So uh, love that Montgomery is starting for the Rangers today, going up against the Twins. So I do like the Rangers on the money line, and you could get that at plus money. So that's how I'm playing those two teams uh, really quick before we switch gears here, because we are going to go to uh, click or don't click. We're going to find out what is trending at this 10, 15, 10, 20 AM Sunday morning. Uh, Harvey, I know last night you went to see Messi play with uh, inter Miami going up against the Red Bulls and they won two zero. And he scored a goal yet again. What was that? I mean, like, like it was all the buzz. It was always like it was the hottest ticket in town last night. What was that like? Well, for me, it was awful. <laughs> I was 
Uh, <laughs> awful? Yeah, it, it was, was awful. awful. It was awful. Um, I came to my to see my team play. Your team being the Red Bulls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I was pretty annoyed at how bad everything was from the pregame to on the field. Why? What do you mean? How bad? What do you mean the pregame? I, I go, I'm walking through the lot and I see pictures on Twitter of the Red Bulls uh, selling t-shirts of Messi. Yeah. And that was all, that's a bad luck for any team to Dude, do that. Dude's a stud right now. I don't care. I, I know that he's a star, but he, as a team, as as the franchise, you don't sell t-shirts of, of any other team. You guys don't do that. You don't see other teams doing that. Ten goals in seven games. Here's and, and, and again, the goal like that I he said, scored, by the way, was pretty sick. No, I'm not gonna lie. He scored in front of me. Uh, the section that I was at. Uh, he did you scored. did you cheer? Be honest. Did you cheer? Did you clap? Were you no. like, whoa? Did you like? What was your? I was annoyed. What are we on? What are we on about? I'm cheering my team, not him. So, so very interesting. Like I said, yesterday, um, I went, I, I had dinner at a local steakhouse here in, in Hoboken, uh, Dino and Harry's, and, and I actually was sitting next to Dino. We were watching the, uh, the Jets-Giants game, and I said, uh, you know, I said, oh, I said, you know, uh, Messi was here in town. He stayed at the W, and, and Dino rolled his eyes. He's like, yeah, they, had, they shut down the street. Like, it was a big mess, like, oh, like. I said, I said, I said, you, I said, you seem annoyed. I said, he's the biggest thing. He's one of the biggest thing in sport right now. What like, and he's like, yeah, he said, but you know, he, his, he's playing against subpar talent. Do you agree with that? Do you agree that the reason that we're seeing Messi having like such a, a huge impact with inter Miami is because he's playing against subpar talent? No, compared to Messi, everybody's subpar talent. He's the goat. Um, and because of all the great things that he's done in in the in this great sport, he brings everybody to him. Yesterday was uh, a franchise record crowd of over twenty six thousand. Yeah, and I believe ninety ninety percent of that crowd was just to see him alone. He did not start, by the way. Um, Jordan Martino saved his legs for the second half, and it didn't even matter because had he not played at all, they, the Miami would have won because they scored in the first half and that stood up. But honestly, Anita, it was as if God came to town because everywhere you walked in that in that area, you couldn't move ten feet without seeing um, vendors sell shirts of of his name, uh, hats, bucket hats with his name on it, flags with his name on it. As soon as he got off the bench in the second half, just a stretch, a roar erupted just for him alone and then when he came on you know he comes on he does his thing he scores an awesome goal and um yeah it was uh, it was not fun for me but it was uh it was uh a raucous environment just for him alone you know it's it's, it's interesting because um you know, I'll be at the goal. I'll be at the like I'm see like I'm sure and and Tom, not sure if you're recognizing this as well, but like wherever I am, I'm always seeing these. I'm I'm now seeing these like light pink soccer jerseys everywhere. Kids wearing them, adults are wearing them. It's like it's become a thing, right? Like I see it at the I, at the dog park. Like wherever I go, I'm on my scooter. I'm on my way to play pickleball. Like I just everywhere. Like I just feel like I see these light pink messy jerseys from Inter Miami. Not, are, are, not are only, you not, not, are you not are they, seeing that, Tom? 
I haven't personally seen it. Uh, maybe I just oh, don't I get out enough to see it. But, I mean, not only are they nice jerseys, obviously, but, of course, as Harvey said, it's the GOAT is here in America. So, obviously, people are hyped to see him and more hyped than ever. I'm hyped to see him just to watch highlights on Twitter. I mean, I feel bad for Harvey because he had to go through pain with the Red Bulls' loss yesterday, but I, it's a spectacle just seeing Messi. So, yeah, I, I understand the hype and why people want to buy his jersey, want to wear that jersey. I feel like that happens with any superstar in any league. They'll, fans will always rush to buy the jersey, and when it comes to the biggest sport globally, of course it's going to happen. Um, It's really, he's just taken over by a storm. Obviously, this is something that's trending. When we come back, we'll find out what else is trending at 10.15 a.m. on this Sunday Funday. That next, here on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. This is Click, 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 or Don't. Very simply, here's the headline. Are you interested in clicking or not? That's right. It's time for Click or Don't Click on this Sunday Fun Day, presented by Grand Marnier. Grand Marnier takes cocktails from ordinary to unforgettable, adding a layer of sophistication to some of the world's uh, most well-loved cocktails. And with that being said, what is Click or Don't Click? A fun way we take our tour around our wide, wide world of sport. We find out what is trending based on the headlines. And does that headline grab us to say, yes, click that bad boy. I want to hear more. Our producers lead the way, and that is Tom and Harvey. This morning, gentlemen. Well, Anita, we've kind of mentioned this headline already, but of course, we need to get a little bit more into the Trey Lance trade that happened on Friday evening. Click mm, or don't click mm, that. Mm. Oh, yeah. I'm clicking this because, um, go ahead. Yeah. All right. So, we've got some sound to play regarding this. We're going to start with the 49ers side of business as to why they even traded the third overall pick, the former third overall pick. They gave up so much to the Miami Dolphins in order to get Trey Lance. We thought he would be the future. John Lynch on K-Picks recently talking about why he traded Trey Lance to the Cowboys. A really hard day. Uh, such a such a wonderful young man. You know, we took a shot and it, it didn't work out. We own that. We take accountability for it. But I think, as I as I think you guys do, his story is still very much unwritten. And uh, I'm excited for Trey. Uh, Dallas stepped up and really wanted him. And uh, they came after him. And I think it's going to be a great landing spot for him. 
Yeah, good for Trey Lance. Now, Anita, let's just focus on the 49ers for a second, and then we'll get into the Cowboys side of things in a minute. Mm-hmm. Was there something behind the scenes that we don't know about as to why Trey Lance was not starting for the 49ers? I get Brock Purdy and the hype surrounding him, but and he did phenomenal last season in the job that he did, and maybe he's just elevated above Trey Lance. But really, when I look at it, the 49ers really didn't give Trey Lance that much of an opportunity, at least on an NFL field. I know he got hurt last year, and that's why things sort of went sideways for Lance, but... What do you think was going on in the 49ers side? Why did they move on so quickly? So so a few things. Let's rewind. If you recall, really big into the draft, I am. And I said the Trey Lance was going to be a bust. Why? North Dakota State, very little experience, an offense that does not translate to the NFL. And so he was going to be a project. I said, this is a 49ers team that shoulda, woulda, coulda drafted Mac Jones. They traded up. It came down to the 11th hour, whether or not it was going to be Mac Jones or Trey Lance. They went Trey Lance because what was communicated to me, Trey Lance very uh, walks into a room and commands a room. Uh, big, tall, strong, handsome, can throw a ball 90 yards, unbelievable athleticism. And Kyle Shanahan, uh, very narcissistic, uh, thought, hey, I can get my hands on this young man. Uh, this is This is the engine of a Lamborghini and I can build him and it's not what happened. And, um, and, and also this is a 49ers team that is built to win right now. They just happened to really luck out that Brock Purdy as Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in that draft has turned out to be something really special, extremely special. So that's worked out for them. But in regard to what a huge swing and miss, it was for them in regard to, uh, and, and, and I feel bad. My heart goes out to him because really Trey Lance should have been a player that should have been drafted in like rounds three or four, come in and spend the majority of, uh, you know, his rookie deal learning to play football on an NFL level and having a really good coach system around him. That's not what happened in, at the 49ers. Where they drafted him, there was unrealistic expectations for him. It's really sad. It's really sad what's happened. So, um, But yet at the same time, the 49ers are extremely fortunate that they found a diamond in the rough uh, in, in Purdy as Mr. Relevant in the last pick uh, in the NFL draft. So there's that. Now, let's go one step further. And that is now the, the Dallas Cowboys trade for him they bring him in. Will Greer now is out in Dallas. How about Dak Prescott coming out today and saying, or, or yesterday and saying, I wasn't even notified. I didn't get a text message. I didn't get a phone call. I had no idea that they were trading for Trey Lance. Listen, I'm not a big Dak Prescott fan, but again, Trey Lance is a good two to three years away from really starting, competing, and winning in the NFL. This, is, this, is, this was an investment draft pick to see if, the powers that can be in the coaching staff in Dallas could take this engine of a, of a Lamborghini and truly mold it. But the pressure is not there with the Dallas Cowboys giving up a fourth round pick. So I think this is a win-win for everyone, right? Like you don't have Trey Lance in that quarterback room in San Francisco pouting and being upset that he's not even the backup quarterback to Purdy. It is now San Arnold. Um, Command, I, I commend the 49ers for owning the, the, the mess up in the decision and the big swing or miss. 
And I think he's landed in a very solid spot, again, with very little pressure. Dallas Cowboys only given up a fourth-round pick, where now they've got time to truly develop this young man and see what he can do in the next few years. So I think at the end of the day, it's a win-win. Very fair. Now, real quickly, let's hear from Jerry Jones on acquiring Trey Lance. We didn't waste any time. The minute that we knew that they were serious about trading, then we didn't want the phone to hang up. We did it uh, the equivalent of yesterday. And so uh, we uh, felt good about him, about him in the evaluation that we had for him in the draft. We felt good about what we've seen on tape that he's done since he's been in the NFL. And it was one that we just made the decision almost the minute we heard the name. uh, Let's get him. Oh, sure, Jerry. And by the way, Jerry, does Lance affect Prescott in any way whatsoever? Didn't cross my mind, period, about an impact here regarding Dak. I know that Dak wants to do anything we can do to improve this team, and um, we're, we're going to do it. I'll wrap up this, the thoughts on this right here. From what I can gather from what Jerry Jones had to say, I think he's just doing it just as a flash move. Quite honestly, maybe he truly does want him to be the backup for Dak Prescott. He's certainly better backup than what they got now in Cooper Rush. But I think it's just more of making some headlines before the season. That's at least what I took away from the quote from Jerry Jones. Of course, will he help the Cowboys? We don't know. We'll find out how they ultimately want to utilize him. Right now, Dak's their guy. Maybe they'll think about Trey in the future because Dak's time in Dallas, well, it only extends through next season at the very least. I hear all of that again. If if I'm Dak Prescott, you know I'm 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 a little perturbed. Again, trust me, Trey Lance is not coming in and in in beating Dak Prescott anytime soon. Um, but at least if I'm Dak Prescott, I I would have appreciated a text message, a phone call. Hey, listen, we have an opportunity to bring Trey Lance in here. Um, we're going to do that. We just want to let you know. He didn't even get that respect. Like that, I'm, that just that doesn't sit. That does not. That would not sit well with me, right? That would not sit well with me. So, um, I'm fading Dallas anyway. I wouldn't be surprised if if the Giants finish second in that division. I, I'm I'm not big on the Dallas Cowboys this season. Their offensive line still isn't what it was in years past. Uh, their defense is not fantastic either, um, especially against the run. And I, I'm not I'm not a huge Dak Prescott fan either. So, um, I just, I don't think this, this bodes well for them. Uh, you got, uh, tell me what, what else is trending at 10, 27 AM? I'll give you one here, but I just want to say thank you so much, Anita, for uh, brightening up my morning, talking bad about the Cowboys, saying the Giants will finish second <laughs> in the division. And also for mm-hmm. the word of the day, perturbed. I like the use of it. So we'll perturbed. stick with this here. Click or don't click. It says here, Raiders running back Josh Jacobs gets a new rework deal. Yeah, of course I'm clicking that. There you go. For fantasy purposes, I'm sure. Uh, Josh Jacobs had been holding out, had some beef with the Las Vegas Raiders, but now he's back on a base salary of nearly $12 million. It, I think he gets uh, 200000 in incentives. So what do we make now of Josh Jacobs? And I guess his fantasy exploits, Anita. Yeah, so I'm still, I'm staying away from Josh Jacobs and I'm staying away from Jonathan Taylor. You know, here's the thing. Josh Jacobs came out and really had a phenomenal season last year, anticipating that he was going to get a very lucrative deal this season. It didn't happen. So, 
what, what's, what's your motivational factor now? Right? If you went out and, and, I mean, he crushed it last year. If you had him in fantasy, God bless you. You definitely made it to your postseason. At least you should have. So he had a phenomenal season. So what's, to me, if I'm Josh Jacobs and I'm like, all right, running backs aren't getting paid. I've already, I've like, I've emptied the tank last year. I've, I've really, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to play this season more wisely. So if, if there's any risk of injury, a hangnail, I don't, I don't think Josh Jacobs is going to play through injury like he did last year. What if, 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 if the writing is on the wall and reality hit a lot of these running backs last year, what makes you think that they're going to go the extra mile this year? I, I don't believe they are. So for me, I'm fading Josh Jacobs. I'm fading Jonathan Taylor in fantasy. I don't want them on my roster. I'd rather have, so, so guys that you can draft around the time that Josh Jacobs is available, um, Aaron Jones, Saquon Barkley, uh, Travis Etienne. Um, those are, those are some of the guys, hold on one second. I've got my, uh, yeah. Tony Pollard though. I'd rather have those guys on my roster than Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Taylor. Gentlemen, I know we got to take a quick break because we've got, uh, Connor Rogers. Who's going to be joining us. That about sums up our, uh, our click or don't click. Oh, it sure does. Fantastic. Great job. Appreciate you guys. Quick break. We come back. Connor Rogers will join us. We'll do a deep dive into that Jets performance last night against the Giants and what we can expect from them moving forward. Also, we'll take your calls. 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you on the Sunday Funday here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, Michael Jackson for you on this Sunday fun day. Don't miss Jim Jeffries' Give Them What They Want tour with two shows at the Beacon Theater on Thursday, November 2nd and Friday, November 3rd. Tickets on sale now at jimjeffries.com. Keep it locked in for your chance to score a pair of tickets coming up later in the show. Without further ado, Connor Rogers joins us now. You can see him all over NBC sitting shotgun. Uh, of course, next to Matthew Barry talking all things fantasy each and every week. How you doing, Connor? Great to have you on. I'm great, Anita. Thanks so much for having me. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. First things first. Uh, last night we saw uh, Aaron Rodgers thread his stuff. Two series. Uh, looked pretty solid. Would have liked to have seen two touchdowns, but nonetheless, five of eight, 47 yards, a touchdown to Garrett Wilson, who was three for 30 and a touchdown. That touchdown, 14 yards. Uh, I'm assuming that you agree with me. We're going to see a lot of that this coming season. Oh, we really are. I mean, this is a player last year, Anita, that with that carousel of quarterbacks, he commanded the most targets in the offense, obviously by a good margin. And you look at the chemistry that those two have been able to build starting in the spring, going throughout the summer, and Garrett Wilson even missed a little time with a minor ankle injury. But you look at the chemistry that they have. The touchdown throw was clearly a play that, you know, Rodgers liked the look. The Giants didn't have a, a safety over the top. It looked like he might have even checked out of a run into that play, the fade to Garrett Wilson. There's going to be so much of that this year where you start to wonder, is Garrett Wilson's target number going to climb up to, you know, near 200 targets? I mean, he really, Rodgers really might feed him as he used to feed Devontae Adams, and for good reason. I mean, with Corey Davis's retirement, 
and you look at the pass catching on this team, there's good players, there's some solid players, but nobody is in the same stratosphere as Garrett Wilson, and that's why he's going to be, uh, deservedly so, the featured guy and a favorite of Aaron Rodgers here. Yeah, I'm sure you're watching Hard Knocks. Um, excited for Episode 4 coming our way on Tuesday. But Episode 3, you heard Randall Cobb tell the wide receiving room, hey, it's been fun so far, but know your stuff. Because if Aaron Rodgers does not trust you, he will not throw you the ball. Um, I, I thought that was one of the best quotes I walked away with from Episode 3. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I thought the same thing. Number one, this is something that we've all kind of witnessed when Green Bay started to go through a transition period with a lot of younger players last year. They obviously traded Devontae Adams to the Raiders. They drafted guys like Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. They were just they were completely, you know, giving that offense an, an overhaul and going younger and going with the youth movement while Rodgers was still there. And I think some of the drops at that time, you know, were a little bit frustrating to him, and you saw him start to – uh, show that pretty publicly, and you kind of saw it also translate to how he operated on the field with those guys. So it, I agree with you. It was a very cool moment to actually hear a favorite of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, this is literally somebody that I believe Rodgers is the um, godfather of one of Randall Cobb's kids. We know how close that relationship is. And for Cobb to be so open about it with the rest of the team, a team that has a lot of young players on it, right? You have the three wide receivers that were undrafted that are um, you know, trying to make the team. Malik Taylor was one coming over from Green Bay. Jason Brownlee is an undrafted guy. Xavier Gibson had a really good night last night and is trying to make the team not only as a depth wide receiver but a returner. I mean, those young guys have to hear that because it all starts with the mental aspect of the game in this offense for Rodgers because if you're not in the right place or you don't understand what play is being checked into or your timing's off, he's going to lose trust in you and he's going to look the other way. And I think it kind of speaks to how for Garrett Wilson, all of that has gone the opposite way where he's such a bright young player that just incredibly, um, he's incredibly sharp in everything he does. And you're already seeing that level of trust be built to a really high level between him and Rogers, while some of the other guys absolutely need to catch up. With that being said, I know uh, I've had you on before. And last time we were talking about this offensive line after the game, Robert Sala addressed the media and said that Makai Becton has won that right tackle job. So Becton, Brown, Tomlinson, McGovern, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, your thoughts on this offensive line. There's actually like pro football focus, by the way, Connor has the Jets offensive line ranked higher than the Giants offensive line, which was a real big surprise to me. Bart Scott has come out right here on 98.70 ESPN. He said he's not so worried about the offensive line. He's expecting big things from Mekhi Becton this season. I'm extremely worried. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being uh, the most concerning, where do you stand? I think for me right now it's at about a 6.5, and, and that could be really fluid because – my concerns, Anita, are it's not what's on paper right now. As they line up week one, thanks to Mekhi Becton. Mekhi Becton has worked really hard. He's earned this job. He basically came into camp, needed to be ramped up, and needed to almost work from the third and second string units to, and, and those were at left tackle, to a new position at right tackle, a position he hasn't played uh, in a long time, going back really to college as a starter. So he's earned that, and it's because he's looked really good. I mean, you look at the tape in the preseason – He's been really, really good. He's stout in the run game. Uh, he's been very efficient as a pass protector. He's a big, as Roger said, a mountain of a man. He's hard to get around. He's got the length, and he's got surprising agility for his size. The problem is, Anita, 
the other guys that were initially in that starting spot, like Max Mitchell, like Billy Turner, that's a big drop-off if you have to go to one of them. And the reality with Beckton, as great as this is right now, he has to prove in this league that he can make it through an entire season. He had some minor stuff during his rookie year, and then he missed the next two years of football, essentially. So that's where it gets, you know, and this is every team in the league. You can literally do this for every team in the league, where if you take away one of their starting tackles, the drop-off in play is going to be significant. So I think that's the issue. you got to see Dwayne Brown back in action. He's missed a lot of the summer coming off the shoulder surgery. That's their starting left tackle. I do like the interior of this team. I mean, Elijah Vera Tucker is a great young player at right guard. Maybe Lakin Tomlinson can bounce back and be at least average on that left side. And then they actually have depth at the center position, whether it's Connor McGovern, the young Stern Joe Tittman, Wes Schweitzer's a good backup player as well. But my concern level being a six and a half is because of the tackle depth, which sure they have, but how good is that depth? This is enough to get you by when inevitably you're going to deal with some kind of injury throughout the season. So that's the big thing to watch with this Jets offense this year. There's no denying it. As for the Giants, um, they uh, they were happy with what they've seen head, heading into this game. Uh, they did not play a lot of their starters, if any at all. Um, your thoughts on what you've seen? I, I know we got a small sample size in that previous preseason game with um, with Daniel Jones and Darren Waller. I know I want to talk fantasy with you. Uh, Darren Waller is a guy that I will reach for this season. I think Darren Waller is going to lead the Giants in targets, receptions. I see him... A thousand yards, possibly eight, if not more touchdowns. That's what I think the ceiling is for him this season. Your thoughts on this Giants offense and how different I believe, curious if you agree with me, how how different this is gonna be. It's not all gonna be about Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones running the football anymore. It's Paris Campbell, it's Darren Waller. I think it's gonna be a much different offense we're gonna see. Do you agree? I do, and I think Waller is the, really the cog to that entire change, as you highlighted. I mean, it, Waller, it goes back to really the conversation we just had with Beckton is that when they're out on the field, I mean, they can completely alter that position in your offense. And, and when you look at Waller, 2019 and 2020, I mean, those are back-to-back seasons at the tight end position that he had over 1,100 receiving yards. And then you look at the last two years, his numbers were only down because of health. He's played 20 games in those last two years. So this is a guy that's definitely missed his fair share of time, although I do wonder how much of it, too. Uh, you know, there was some frustrations, I think, last year with Josh McDaniels that were pretty public as well. So I wonder if being on, in an offense that's going to feature him under Brian Dable uh, is, you know, kind of reinvigorates him and at this point of his career at 30 years old. And I think when you look at Waller, I I agree with you to reach for him even with the health risk because there's no you know it's not ridiculous to say that he finishes as a top two or three tight end in fantasy. I mean after you get through with Travis Kelsey, you have Mark Andrews who's awesome, but you get into that bucket of T.J. Hawkinson and George Kittle and Dallas Goddard. Darren Waller is right in that conversation and probably gets more targets maybe than all of those guys. So. I love that you could play him as a big slot. I love his speed up the seam against linebackers. He's too big to be guarded by defensive backs. Waller is a total game changer for this offense that you nailed it. It has been very, very Saquon Barkley uh, reliant. I mean, he led the team in targets last year. I think a lot of people don't realize that. That's insane for a running back to lead the team in targets by a pretty healthy margin. So, And I'll throw one more name out there with the Giants offense that I hope he gets on the field earlier rather than late. I know they like Hodgins and Slayton and Paris Campbell and all these guys. I want to see Jalen Hyatt on this field pretty early. His speed is a total mm-hmm. game changer. Uh, you saw him be able to run even by Sauce Gardner one time last night. 
that, that's what Jalen Hyatt could do. I mean, you look back at the tape last year, the five touchdowns against Alabama. This guy has all-world speed. It translates to the tape. It's real game speed, not just 40 times speed. So when that's what the Giants have been missing, in my opinion, is explosive playability. And the more opportunities that Jalen Hyatt gets, the more opportunities the Giants offense has to create more explosive plays. Uh, again, Connor Rogers joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. One of my show questions I opened up was, uh, what's the one thing that you are most looking forward to this NFL season? Like, So for me, it's the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, Todd Munkin as his offensive coordinator. I think that's going to be a much different offense than we've seen in years past. Um, is is there a story? What's, this, what's the storyline out there for you, Connor, that you can't wait to see develop? Wow, that's a good one. I think for me, one of the main ones is kind of some of these franchises that have been stuck in the mud for so long, maybe being able to turn the corner with all the work they've done to turn over their rosters over the years, right? And that starts with somebody like the Lions that maybe were a little bit of a darling at times last year, but they couldn't fully get over the hump. Do they officially turn that corner? Can the Bears make any noise in that regard? I think the Falcons are one of those big bounce-back teams this year. Can the Jets do it, of course, as Rodgers? The Jets haven't made the playoffs in over a decade. I mean, they are absolutely in that bracket as well. So some of the teams that have had a really tough go of it trying to climb out of it and you know be a national story for the NFL. And then I think locally, I'm just fascinated by the AFC, Anita, because of all the star talent at quarterback in this conference. And that means somebody's going to be left without a spot in the game of musical chairs, right? You know, Patrick Mahomes is Chiefs, Josh Allen's Bills. You, you feel comfortable that those are kind of the locks to make the postseason. The AFC North and the AFC East are just these wild toss-ups. I mean, I love what you said about Todd Munkin coming over to create a more pass-happy Ravens offense. I think that'll really help them. You have Joe Burrow's Bengals. Is this Sean Watson going to shake off the rust? Because he looked awful when he came back last year. I think the Steelers have added so much talent. It's just insane how loaded the AFC is. And not everybody can make the playoffs. There are going to be really good teams on the outside looking in. So how that all shakes out is going to be unreal. And that includes even the leap that I think Justin Herbert can take this year with Kellen Moore calling plays for the Chargers. I was a little surprised that Dallas was willing to let him go and kind of make it the Mike McCarthy show. And I think ultimately that's a big aid for Justin Herbert having him as his play caller as well. So all the movement in the AFC, to me, is the hardest thing to predict and creates the best storyline. All right, Connor, two final questions for you before I let you go. We go on to your Sunday fun day. Uh, number one, uh, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, would you draft them this season in fantasy, knowing where they're going in the draft, knowing who else is available around that draft pick, number one? And number two, who's the one player who you absolutely positively want on every single one of your fantasy rosters? Wow, that's a good one. I think starting with the Jacobs-Taylor debate, I'm, I'm kind of now leaning comfortable with Jacobs because he's back, and I think he's a guy that stays in really great shape. And you look at that offense, they are just going to feed. When they're on one-year deals like that, they are going to feed him. So he's a volume guy. He's a talent, a talent guy. I, I'm completely comfortable with where his ADP is. Taylor, not so much. And Taylor's really an interesting case, Anita. We've been running these mock drafts at NBC you know, with our entire crew of Fantasy Football Happy Hour. And we're all kind of staring at each other a long time until Jonathan Taylor comes off the board because we just don't know where this situation is going to go. And while it's a little bit more complicated than Josh Jacobs is, that 
that ankle is a situation as well. So even if he gets traded and he's happy somewhere, how healthy is Jonathan Taylor? Nobody really has the answer to those questions. Is that somebody that you're going to use a second-round pick on in fantasy? Because you can't miss in the first two rounds of fantasy. You're pretty much dead in the water if you get no production from that spot. So Taylor's a guy that we're starting to see slide to the third round, and rightly so. And, yes, there's a, uh, a big ceiling there if you take him, but the miss rate can be – the miss rate can be really, really scary with him. So I'm fascinated to watch that one shake out. And then, you know, you talk about who I have to walk away from with drafts right now, and I, it's so interesting to me kind of breaking this all down. I really like Brian Robinson's ADP for Washington. I think they're going to feed him a ton of carries, and I think he's a good in-between-the-tackles runner for Eric Bieniemy's offense. And then one that's off the board, you could essentially get him for free, is Rashid Shahid from the Saints. And why I say you get him for free, he's not going to be drafted, this is an offense that when Michael Thomas unfortunately gets hurt again, he's a guy that's going to be their number two wide receiver in an offense that Derek Carr loves to throw the ball down the field. I mean, he's going to throw the ball down the field to Chris Olave. And when you look at Shahid, what he was able to do the last five weeks of the season, he was highly productive in that role and really efficient with what he was able to do. So once that room opens up for him to get on the field, once Michael Thomas has something come up, which unfortunately that's been the case the last three years, I think Shahid is one of those waiver wire guys that everybody's going to scramble for, and he can honestly win you a couple weeks as your last wide receiver or your flex spot on the roster when you're out of guys due to injury. Great stuff as always. Connor, love having you on the program. Appreciate your time, my friend. Keep crushing it over there at NBC. Uh, always tuning in to uh, all the videos and all the content you guys, uh, you guys put out each and every day. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. Anita, thanks so much. Always great catching up with you, and enjoy the rest of your day. You got it. 800-919-3776, the phone number. That's how you get on board here on 98.7 ESPN. Also want to remind you, enter the ESPN New York No-Hitter Sweepstakes for your chance to win $25,000. That's right. Find the No-Hitter tile on the ESPN New York app. Pick a team. Submit your entry. Today's qualifier, Michelle Gray from North Belmore, New York has chosen the New York's American League team to throw a no-hitter today. Presented by MoheganSunCasino.com. For full contest rules, make sure you go to ESPNNewYork.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, well, I think, one, it's it's good to just give some information to a player that comes in that quick and see how they handle it. So he came, he was in, he was in early, he was meeting with eggs. We only gave him a limited role, uh, but wanted to get him out there just to get his, his feet wet in the defense. Again, it was only not very many defenses, but, you know, he studied hard and he was ready to go. Anita Marks with you on this Sunday fun day. Um, getting you ready for the NFL season, that's for sure. Uh, we just heard from Connor Rogers. We're going to hear from Steve Verderos, a former Giant scout. He's got a book out. Thought it'd be great to get him on. Uh, he's got to be absolutely thrilled. A big part of the Giants drafting uh, Daniel Jones. He's got to be thrilled with where Daniel is right now. Curious what his expectations are for him this season. Also, the addition of Isaiah Simmons, which I think is going to be um, a really good get for the Giants. Not that he's going to start on the defense, but come in with special packages to get after those NFC East quarterbacks, specifically Jalen Hurts. Uh, let's go to Earl in Brooklyn. Earl, good afternoon. Earl, are you there? Really? Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll let Earl go. Uh, let's go to Joe in Edison. Joe, welcome in. 
Hey, good morning, Anita. Good morning, good morning. How are you? I'm just calling real quick. I know I'm a little off topic. I want to talk baseball for a second. Uh, quick question. Who do you think, okay. For the next five years, who do you think is set up better to win the championship, the Yankees or the Mets? Ooh. I just want to let you know. Uh, who do you, let, well, let you me go. ask you this. You. Let, let me ask you this. Joe, don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Uh, who do you What's think? Up? Who do you think is well, set up? Mets I'll tell fan. you who I think, but who do you think is set up best? Well, I'm a Mets fan. I don't mind the Yankees. You know, they're across the you know, same city. I don't mind the Yankees, but I'm a Mets fan. And um, I think because of management and, you know, who we have at the uh, – Cohen at the, um, the helm and everything, I think that the Mets are. I think the Mets are, honestly. I think they still have more pieces right now, better players right now that's on the roster. And I think they are set up a, a little better. Not a lot better, but if I was a betting man, I'd go with the Mets. Um, so here's the thing, Joe, and thank you. Thanks for the phone call. Um, I'm with you. I, I do believe it's the Mets uh, because here's why. Granted, number one, you've got an owner who's willing to spend endless amounts of money, right? And I love that. Hear me out. Did it this season. Was man enough to realize, oh, no. This is going south. It's not going to turn around. Um, the players in this clubhouse are not getting the deal done. Let's let's not cut off our nose despite our face. And let's be sellers at the trade deadline. We'll take the criticism and regroup for another day. I, I commend the ownership group in the front office for doing that. Where a lot of teams... And a lot of general managers would not do that because of the fallout. So I, I just, and in, 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 in based on in now and what we know in regard to uh, how the Yankees operate and, and how much value they put in the analytics department, will that change? Not sure. Doesn't seem like, in my opinion, Brian Cashman's going anywhere. Uh, so based on, on some of the news and some of the information that has been revealed to us, number one, uh, and then number two, how we saw um, the Mets ownership group react to, to what's happened this season, I'm with you. I'm, I'm leaning more towards the Mets. As shocking as that sounds. All right, when we come back, Steve Verderos is going to join us. Excited to get him on. I love talking to Steve, one of the best football minds I feel on the planet. That next here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.